Welcome to Hunting for Nova Sparkus by Coho Creative. Welcome back. Today we have with us Ariel Roca, and she has been part of a team who has developed a very progressive school in Minneapolis and has a really interesting story to tell. So welcome, Ariel. Hi there. No, thank you, Ellen, for having me. I'm really excited to tell you a little bit more about myself. The school that I work for and with is called Community Connected Academy, and it's actually in Minneapolis and is housed within Patrick Henry, which is a, a larger school, and we're sort of an academy that serves the student body within Henry. And we, the principal of the larger school, Yusuf Abdullah, Alex Leonard, myself, and Bethany Franz all came together to sort of start thinking about creating a little academy within this school that was project-based learning and had internships for every student. And, you know, we went through a couple of grant cycles um, with a local philanthropic organization to collect information about what families wanted, what students wanted, what works, what doesn't work, what centers students, what decenters teachers, and we finally landed on CCA. How long did that process take? About two years. Wow. Yeah. So we went through four different grant cycles and worked with different stakeholders with each one to find, you know, all the different types of learning or like we call it pedagogy, like how we learn that would best fit our individual context. Because, uh, you know, one of our values is individual context. We believe that whatever is necessary for our families and students is very localized. You couldn't take our model of what we do and plop it somewhere else. You could take the process that we did and use it to find out what your families and students need. But what we do and how we do it is very much unique to North Minneapolis. And why, why is that? So what is it about it that makes it unique? And like, how did you figure out what the right model was or should be? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think traditionally in education and maybe like other static bureaucratic institutions, I think there's like a top-down hierarchical approach to implementing change. And we had a very grassroots sort of approach to centering families and students and their voices to figure out what they want. And so we had what we call a portrait of a graduate, which is we bring all of our families and stakeholders together and ask them like, what do you want your students to learn about? How do you want your students to feel in school? What's important to you? What are your values? And I think that makes it really unique to us because the historical context of the North Side, being in Minneapolis, just the local like governmental context. And like we have a really large Hmong population, which is a refugee population that came in two waves post the Vietnam War. And so that's very local to us. Yeah. If you go to Austin, Texas, you yep. will find, you know, Hmong students and families. And so centering their voices makes it unique to them and unique to us. I love that you you actually did bring them in and talk to them. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we get surveys from school and it's a survey and you go online and you say, do you yeah. like this or not? And it's it's not the same. And it's really interesting because 
the approach is so much more personalized as well. And I love that. It's yeah. much more, there's an emotive and emotional and an empathetic piece versus being very functional. Which yeah. Is great, which is, which is, it's one of those things where it makes you happy and want to go learn. And you feel like you're part of a community versus I have to get on the bus now and. (laughs) Yeah. And they helped build it. Like you're, you, you know, you have stake in the game, you know, you, you helped build and keep help. It's not like it's just set now. We are constantly changing with times, right? Obviously with COVID, that was a big one. Um, The racial uprising and the lynching of George Floyd was a big one. And so we are always pivoting to what our families, what our students, what our staff need to be like the best people they can be to go into the professions that they want to go into. You know, it's very personalized, exactly, exactly what you said. So, yeah, it's very community oriented. It seems like this, to your point, the process of going about figuring this out, it seems like this should be something that's rolled out that more places should do. And I mean, one of the things that we've been looking at is just the future of education and like trends around that and the need for, you know, more flexibility, more, you know, maybe kids do need to be outside having a class and just little tiny things. And you're taking things to the next level. And that's what's so interesting. It it feels like that's something that more areas should be adopting and Mm -hmm. manifesting. Yeah, I and and I'm I think there are, you know, traditionally uh, specifically in Minnesota and I know there are other states like California and Rhode Island and Massachusetts, they introduce the charter. And so and a lot of states have charters, but typically people would start their own thing, right, based on what they believed or what their community believed and started their own little school. Um, And that's great and dandy, but part of what we wanted to pursue was changing the public school system. We're true believers in, we, I believe in choice. Families should have choice in where they send their children. But I also believe our public school system serves our most marginalized students, students with IEPs, black, brown, indigenous students. And they're, they're not great. Yeah. They're really not as great as they need to be. They don't have as much funding as they need to get. And so we believe the team, Alex Leonard, Yusuf, Bethany, and myself, and then the larger team that came together later on, wanted to make change within the public school system. And so, you know, I think that that is the uniqueness about it. You don't see as many public school systems making big shifts. And I, you know, I, I think Minneapolis still has a little bit to, not a little bit to go, but like it's, it's just hard to change like a hierarchical bureaucratic system that has been around forever. Um, it's almost like our process within CCA would like negate the, or like it makes it so the district is sort of not necessary. And so it's kind of, I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a weird interaction. I don't know. So, but we live within the district. Yeah. And the district spend a lot of time making sure that they maintain, especially, and I'm on the other side of that. So my kid, my child is in a, a top 10 public school yeah, and very different situation, but all they're really worried about is maintaining that, that excellence accreditation. Yeah. And what is, what is that? What How do you mean? find that? <laughs> so what does that mean? What is rigor, what does rigor mean? 
It depends on the person you talk to. It depends on the family. And so, and, and, you know, I do think Minneapolis public schools is, is stepping in the right direction. I think that they, you know, they're open and receptive to what we're doing, especially after like the racial uprising. I, I, I really like, we were doing it before, you know, we've been doing it for about five years now, but now they're listening because we ask the community what they want. Yeah. And I think they went through a similar process. So we're working together pretty closely, but, um, and our principal's amazing, Yusuf Abdullah. Good. So I got to give him kudos. <laughs> nice. Yeah, How always. many kids do you have now? We have 110. Nice. You know, give and take. You know, we have a few students that kind of at the beginning are like, ooh, <laughs> this is not for me. And then, you know, it's kind of hard to get away from us because we're like, what do you mean it's not free? It's for everybody. Um, but some some students leave. Um, but most students, we we have a retention rate of 97% over the course of two years, which is really, really great compared to um, the transients and the influx of students within our larger school. But yeah, 110 juniors and seniors. So we're only an upper level okay. academy. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So did you ever think you would do something like this? Like this is a very innovative and we, I know we're this, the season is really about women who are innovators and to decide, Oh, I want to go do something like this. It, it takes a lot of, of innovative thinking, but a lot of guts as well. And did you ever think you would do something like this? Did you ever consider that or think about the fact that you are an innovative person? No, I don't think so. I, I, no, I did not, not, not growing up and not, you know, I always knew that I was like a builder and I had a lot of ideas, but I went into the sciences. Um, I had a teacher, Mr. Dyson in high school and he was just amazing. I don't think I'm a natural scientist, but he like made me see the scientist in myself. And so I want, I latched on to science. Yeah. And my grandfather was always like, be a doctor, be a pediatrician, <laughs> make money, you'll help people. And he was a doctor. Yeah. And so he, you know, I wanted, I wanted to be a doctor for so long. And so I, you don't have, you do have innovation in medicine, but oh yeah, not, I didn't realize I was an innovator until I actually got into the education system and realized that things were not okay. Right. Like it was the inequities that exist, the, the, the prison to path pipeline is just, I mean, it's, it's real and it's horrible and it's wrong. And the system, you know, of white supremacy, just, it's so, we all breathe in the smog and it's so hard to parse through. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the innovation, like that's what sparked me into wanting to change the system. And that's what drove me. That's a lot of like what my why is. And especially as uh, as a white female doing that work, that white ally work, understanding the context of education and white females, because I'm I'm not like education is filled with women. You know, it's one of the like women heavy professions. But I think where it comes where like I can be innovative is being builder trying to change from within, but also a dismantler, yep. right? I have insight into the white female experience. And so I can work with white women to make this system better for our black, brown and indigenous um, families and students. Yep. 
being female has really helped you in this endeavor, mm -hmm. which is, yeah, which is really interesting. Connecting with women. I mean, it's a, it's a women heavy, you know what I mean? Which is so awesome. I feel like in innovative spaces may, and a lot of other innovative spaces, you might have one or two women, you know, and maybe that, that, yeah. that's a little dip. That's very different than being surrounded by women, but trying to move in like the opposite direction <laughs> and calling out my white women friends are not, that's hard work. Yeah. Being dismantled is hard work. And so I think that that's partially what innovation is to me. That's great. So what, what would you say is one of your proudest moments? Oh, that first graduating class. Oh, good. I mean, it was, it was just a crazy time, you know, starting something brand. It was a startup and we went through two startup cycles. We had a, our consultants specialized in startups. I was going to actually ask you that. You almost have to have somebody who understands oh, it from a yeah. business standpoint. Yep. Oh yeah. Yes. So we had consultants, Dan and Katie, they lead a school leadership project. They're awesome. Amazing. And we partnered with the Phillips foundation. I got to shout them out too, because they fully funded our school for four years. So it was outside money, but yeah, they helped us plan like our, our organizational structure and just like triaging being adaptive versus technical, you know, in that, in those two startup phases. And, you know, it's not like, like we're working with while we're doing it, 110 students. Yeah. So it's not like, uh, it, our imp it was like so real, like in the moment every day. It was so challenging, but it's, it's when they graduated, I mean, I cried. Mr. Leonard cried. Aww, we got to nice. we had a huge party. I'm like, y'all made it. You all are OGs, <laughs> right? Like you guys are the bomb. So it was, and that class is always so, you know, they're just special because they were the first CCA graduating class, all but one all but one, which is, which is really good. It might be too soon, but have you been able to see the difference in, or have you been tracking the difference in kids who have graduated and what they're doing next versus what may have been happening 10 years ago? Like I said, it's probably too, too soon, but is that something you guys are looking at? Definitely. So we also work with, we've got all the consultants. I just want to let you know. <laughs> we've got the business consultants. We also have um, ACT Research, who um, Ava and Mark are amazing. They help us collect that information. We do know for a lot of our students, they've kept in communication. Not all of them, but a, a large chunk of them, yes. We've kept in touch with them with what they're doing now, what their plans are. And we do a comparison group between our, our CCA students and then a control group within the school. Nice. And so nice. we look at those comparison. Yeah, so we can see the trajectory of students. Now, obviously, we've only had two graduating classes, and this will be our third this year. And so it's, um, you know, we don't have all of the data, but, it you know, our goal is to make sure our students feel prepared for the next step. Right, right. So, yeah. So whatever they choose, we don't want to measure. Traditionally, you measure how many kids go to college. What's their ACT score? That's not, I mean, we do collect that, but that's not 
in line with our values and beliefs right. and what our families want for our students. That might be for some students, it might also be um, starting their own business. We have a lot of students, a lot of entrepreneurs. Nice. In CCA. They like, I feel like 50% of them are entrepreneurs. Wow. Um, trying to start their own business. So we collect a multitude of, of, of data that's in line, qualitative and quantitative that are in line with our beliefs. And nice. so that work is still in progress. And I would love to have a bigger team of people that support students post high school. Yep. So that, you know, they can still have that feedback and input. Well, you said you do internships, right? Did you, yes. did you say that? So how how is that working? And it seems like from an internship standpoint, those are the companies that could continue to support, even if it's just from a mentorship standpoint. Yeah. So we, yes, that is a great point. We're in the process. That was sort of the, the back burner item. We've always had internships, but our first year we had only two core classes. Our second year we got five more teachers and needed to onboard those teachers. Those teachers are amazing. They're coming back with us for a third year. They're really invested in CCA and Henry at large. But there was a lot of other priorities before the work-based learning. It is the, the most fun for students, but the projects that needed to be created by teachers, a lot of the teachers weren't used to project-based learning, right. what that looks like. And, it, and it's challenging because students are in a traditional system that need to unlearn to relearn. Oh, so I didn't have think to like, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of unlearning. We got paper pushers. Kids that just want to push that paper, you know? Yeah, and do. <laughs> they hide. They want to push paper. We're like, no, CCA, we are taking the cloak off. We are going to showcase all of your talents. And that's really tough because that, that wanting to go into the paper pushing, but that's sort of a side note. But yeah, so internships this year are going to be more robust. We have five different pathways nice. that are aligned to the career clusters, the Minnesota career pathway clusters. So we have arts, entrepreneurship, and communication is going to be led by our uh, social studies um, teacher, Mr. Philip Identity. He's super dope. We've got some humanities led by Nafisa Muhammad. Um, that's like psych, education, things like that. We got the medical field, Emma Johnson. I'm going to be doing trades work with a, um, a partner, David Wade, who's amazing. And then we've got like a medic uh, or a STEM academy with Taylor yep. Strange. So we've got five different pathways that students get to explore and then choose to go into for two years. Oh, nice. Yeah. So and they get to try it out for one semester. They take three weeks. It's getting to the logistics, but three weeks in each one. And then they get to choose which one. And then they get partnered with a mentor or internship in the community. Okay. Yeah. So is it has been done during the school day or is that oh, yeah. extra? Like no, a during the school day. Okay. So it's three hours at the end of the day or whenever, to be honest, we'll flex into that internship. So if Monday, Tuesday need to go in the morning, then they'll miss class and they'll just have to make it up. We post everything online. Everything is digital as well in CCA. So if you miss a day, you can access it online. And so we value it during the day because a lot of our students have things after school. Yeah. 
And, you know, you, you, you put up a barrier by having it at the end of the day or after. Right. And so we're trying to break down barriers. We're trying to break down walls. And so we value it by having it during the day and students to leave the building. They love it. We have some every day. They're like deuces. I'm going to my internship. I'm like, no, we're not about the sit and get. Okay. We don't do that in CCA. Nice. Yeah. I love, I love the, because what you're teaching them is you're teaching them how to live as well. It's not oh, yeah. just, and it's also how to, to think versus just do, which oh, I yeah. love because oh, yeah. there is a lot of, to your point, paper pushers, kids coming out and it's just do, do, do. It's like, no, ask why, what do you think? How would you do it differently? Design yeah. a solution. Yes. How, yeah. Know? And, oh, it doesn't work. Go do it again. Oh, yeah. That's, Those not, iterations. that's not something that's that's taught, at least not mm-hmm. depending on who you are and where you're at. It's definitely not. It's not there. No, it's not. And, um, you know, we like to model it. I, the CCA is a model of how you can run a project. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's just one big project that we're all doing together right. all the time. And so we've gone through multiple iterations and we share that with them. You know, we have multiple little strategic plans that have changed over the years. We're also just going back to your critical thinking and like criticality, sort of making sure students are thinking. We are always trying to uh, be at like cutting edge with research, like educational research, what's coming out of University of Minnesota, out of Columbia University has a really great school the Peabody Institute at um, Vanderbilt. And so we're always looking to to in, um, enhance our own practice. Yep. Um, and Goldie Muhammad, who's a woman who created a literacy framework that's based on Black literary societies, we use her framework uh, to, to get our students to really critically think about not only things in the world or their local context, but also it's embedded with literacy. And so, and it's culturally responsive. It's all based on our students' literacy, you know, in the black and Hmong community, oral history is super important. And so that context is very different than like writing stuff down. Okay. So it's storytelling, it's oral histories, it's things like that um, to get down to that or to enhance that cognition. Right. No, that's fabulous. I want to go back to school there. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to come visit, we always take visitors. Yeah. Nice. Um, We're in Minneapolis every once in a while. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good work. <sighs> Although that hasn't happened in a while. So no. different type of question. So I'm going to give you a magic wand and you have the ability to, to impact change, push forward any industry you wanted and what would that industry be or what would that or it could even be a brand or a, you know a company versus a whole industry but what what would that look like what would you want to have or want to see changed yeah i know i just i you know i'm i'm really like equity drives what i do and so and i and it's and it's key to like how i innovate and so i i i would love to push, I guess that's not like one industry, but I would love to see more equity, inclusion, and diversity incorporated 
into organizations that don't typically center equity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think that that is the design world at times. I think it's medicine, you know? I mean, we just, we see all these racial, gender, religious, right? Gaps. And I just, I, I, I really, 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 really think it's important to like humanity that we incorporate equity statements, beliefs into our foundation of who we are. Yeah. And you saw the, the aftermath of not doing that. Right. Last year. Yeah. You know, and that, that's really real and that was needed. Yeah. I'd also say I have one more thing. Sorry. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. I also like, this is just like my thing with bureaucracy, hierarchical structures and placing value on certain um, levels within that structure is just, it's, it, it, I don't know. It just, it, it makes it so that power is, it's like an inverted triangle, right? Like power is just at the top. Yeah. And I really do believe in shared power. One of CCA's, like, I think one of the most innovative pieces of CCA is that we're flat. We try to be flat. There's no structure. We're all educators. Um, even though our principal is the principal, he makes more money. He shares that power to let us innovate and to be who we want to be, what we want to be, to let us try new things. And when you have a hierarchical structure, you don't have that culture of innovation or trust because there isn't power at the bottom. Right. And I don't trust right. the people at the top. And so I really, along with equity, which I think it's tied with 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 hierarchy, you know, I do think that people at the top are typically better socioeconomically, white, you know, male. Anyway, I could get into it forever, but <laughs> hierarchies. Let's break them down, Ellen. I'm ready. I'm all about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So one more question. Yes. What What would be something that you would want to share with women who are just starting out in their careers? What kind of words of advice would you give them? I mean, right. Like what came just straight to my mind is fight the system. I, man, I'm a fighter. I'm an activist. You got to fight the system. Um, and de-center whiteness, center different narratives. I mean, the, you know, counter narratives, different voices in whatever profession you go into, you have to de-center that in order to recenter other people. So I would say fight the system. Love it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. You are inspiring. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe, I mean, but that's, you know, I don't typically think I'm innovative because it's not like, I, I think about like tacky walls and modern structure. You're very innovative in the fact that you're like, hey, I see this, this is wrong, and I can figure out how to change it. Yeah. Being innovative is about making change and not yeah. just seeing it, but making it happen. And you're doing that. Yes, so I agree. Yeah. The typical new product innovation like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> normal. Cool too. I don't want to be a hater. I'm not a hater on that. I love that. But I'm, you I know, that's my dad, obviously. So, my, yeah. That's my favorite thing to do. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Yes. If hunting for Nova Spark has tapped into your curiosity or sparked any new thinking, 
check us out and get in touch with us at cohocreative.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Coho Creative. 